And in Israel, they were pushing the vaccine really hard. Israel is the most vaccinated country in the world, but they were pushing the vaccine hard from December to February. So there was a five week period and they tracked all the deaths in Israel and in the whole country. I mean, Israel is a small country, right? There were 5,300 all cause deaths in, in that period of time and 23 of them. Okay. 2,300 of 5,300 were related to COVID or the shot. What they learned in this study of vaccinating people for five weeks is the, the shots themselves killed 40 times more people than the infection would have done so for people over the age of 65. And then for younger people, the shot killed 260 times more people than would have died in the younger categories. Ready to live at the higher vibrations where peace, love, joy, and good health are the daily standard? That's what this show is all about. Welcome to Vibe. And here's your host, Robin Openshaw. Hey, everyone. It's Robin Openshaw. Welcome back to the Vibe Show. I'm reviewing today Dr. Sherry Tenpenny's 10 Mechanisms of Injury. It's a paper that she's writing, and it's not yet published, but I've heard her do uh, content on this. And I've been texting her and saying, is your paper ready? Is your paper ready? And since it's not yet published, I'm just going to review for you the 10 mechanisms of injury by which in the last 20 something years that she has spent, uh, I believe she says she's at over 40,000 hours of research in vaccines and vaccine injuries and cover-ups in the medical profession. She has put up a database of over 12,000 published studies showing harm, injury, death from vaccines. And she's doing it partly just to preserve the evidence because this pharmaceutical industry is very wealthy and very powerful and they keep moving the cheese, right? They keep moving it, unpublishing stuff, uh, gaslighting any researcher who wants to publish this kind of research. But um, I listened to her give uh, a talk on these 10 mechanisms of injury on Bards FM, which is a Christian uh, radio station that she really loves. And she had told me to listen to it. And he kind of put this whole thing together. And I thought that since she's booked out through June, because I said, hey, will you come on my show and talk about it? She's done over 400 interviews in the last year. And uh, she's booked out till June. So I'm just going to review these just to make it um, fairly short and simple. But I do just want to make it clear that this is Dr. Sherry Tenpenny's work and I am simply the reviewer and I'm pretty good at like dumbing things down and making scientific principles simple to understand for a lay person. But uh, she, she's been uh, putting her time in for decades and she's made a way for herself to uh, even as a medical doctor, she has a doc, she's a doctor of osteopathic, which is kind of like a hybrid medical doctors um, and chiropractor. They can prescribe drugs. They can do everything that medical doctors can do. But, um, she's, she's run an emergency room before a lot of, a lot of DOs end up being ER doctors. But, um, she, she runs through some dates and some sort of precursor concepts and dates that I think would be worth sharing here. And then I'm going to get into just running through one through 10, what these 10 mechanisms of injury are. Uh, a couple of which are very dangerous short term when you're considering getting the COVID vaccine. And I want to, I want to 
challenge you to share this content, share this show with someone you, you care about who's considering getting the shots because they're not in this kind of information. This information has in a very sophisticated way been siloed. And so you listening to this, if you're a regular listener of the show, you've been exposed to a lot of this content and a lot of your friends and family who are considering getting the COVID vaccine have been exposed to nothing like this. So challenge yourself to get a link to this in the hands of people you know who are giving uh, or considering getting the shot. I mean, I was at church last week and was talking to a woman I go to church with who had an out-of-town guest. And I just started pontificating about some of these mechanisms of injury and why I wouldn't get the shot and I wouldn't want anyone I, I care about to get it. And the woman I was talking to was a nurse, she's a retired nurse, and her eyes just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I realized after, you know, holding court for 10 minutes that she had just gotten, um, I think, the Pfizer shot. So Dr. Tenpenny runs through um, a handful of things that I think would be useful to mention here. And one of them is that we talk about modern medicine like it's traditional medicine. It's not traditional at all. The first drug to hit the market was really in the 1940s. So if you think about it, when penicillin was discovered, um, there were always herbs, there were always midwives, there were always lots of other traditions and other ways of dealing with health problems before the last 80 years when suddenly, you know, you're, you're going to deal with a bunch of gaslighting if you don't uh, go all in and you're exclusively all about drugs and surgery. But really the first drug, penicillin, was just in the 1940s. And that seems like a long time ago until you think about the fact that it's only been 80 years. Now, in 1799 was kind of the first attempt, I believe, at a vaccine. In 1799, babies were dying of gangrene when they tried to inoculate them using you know, scraping the belly of a cow, scraping like scabs off the belly of a cow and actually killed a bunch of babies. And Jenner, who discovered this, uh, carried it into the early 1800s. In 1853, the UK had the first compulsory vaccine law. So you might not be aware that it goes back that far that Governments were trying to force people to get vaccinated for almost as long as there were any kinds of vaccinations. Um, you know that Bill Gates, um, starting in 2010, declared it the decade of vaccines. And he has really pushed not only vaccines, but uh, compulsory or required vaccination. Um, he's been pushing this COVID, COVID pass, uh, and he's been very instrumental in the tracking uh, systems that are coming out that will enslave us all uh, is one way to look at it. Um, In 1986, uh, the reason that the National Vaccine Injury and Compensation Act was able to happen is that you had all these billion dollar uh, pharmaceutical companies that were about to lose their patents. So most of their drugs were about to expire in terms of their patents, which I think only go for 20 years. And once that happens, they're no longer, you know, making billions of dollars on that patented drug. And so, you know, the idea of let's just vaccinate the heck out of all the children was a, a, a business model. And the vaccine, if you look at it in terms of business, it's a loss leader. Okay. It's a business model. And the vaccine is the loss leader because the vaccine makes us sick and it kills people long term. 
And that's what we want to talk about today. You, you may know a little bit about transhumanism, but the, the globalists who are running this show and are succeeding at quite a bit of our uh, takedown using Marxist principles into basically, an, you know, living in an open air prison, uh, Kurzweil, the, the Google guy, um, really wants to hybridize humans with technology. And the reasons for that, if you listen to these guys, you wouldn't think they were evil. You would think that, you know, they were just making the world better. Um, and that's how they present this, just like that's how they present vaccines, right? But, but you know, when you think of uh, the transhumanist movement, robots don't need brakes and robots don't get sick. You can't hurt a robot's feelings in a meeting, right? So all the things that I deal with as an employer, um, you know, some employers fantasize about having lots of productivity from people who aren't so fragile and aren't, you know, don't have to deal with these human failings. Uh, another thing that uh, Dr. Tenpenny talked about a little bit was CRISPR technology. You hear that uh, term being used in a lot of the content you're probably listening to. And what that is, is gene editing technology. Okay, so they're encoding the RNA but then that RNA is unstable. And so what ends up happening is that when this modified RNA is injected into our body, it's hijacking the normal protein manufacturing of our cells, okay? Because our cells are constantly producing proteins to do pretty much everything that happens in the human body. And so what these mRNA vaccines by Moderna and Pfizer are doing is that they've put these three different experimental types of sealants or fake fats around the modified RNA, these have never been injected into human beings before. These have never been approved. They aren't approved right now. The FDA has not approved the vaccines, but they're basically shellac to keep this uh, stuff intact until it's in your body because it has to go through a supply chain, right? Like they have to manufacture it. They have to store it. It has to go from point A to point B to point C to point D. So they're putting this stuff called polyethylene glycol around the whole mess. And it's basically a shellac. And so a lot of doctors that I'm listening to are now theorizing or sharing preliminary evidence that it's the polyethylene glycol that is probably responsible for a lot of the anaphylactic shock deaths that are happening from the vaccine. So polyethylene glycol, or we could call it PEG, can bind to proteins in your cell, um, and then your body might produce an antibody against it. Okay, so that's probably the primary mechanism of how people are dying right now, is this shellac, or this uh, polyethylene glycol. So the mRNA, just think of it as being like inside an egg. So they, they create this product, they inject it into you. And what they want to happen is that this egg kind of thing, it breaks open and the mRNA is released and it, it can bind to your DNA. Uh, and it is coded for a spike protein. So we're going to keep talking about these spike proteins that are produced when mRNA is injected into your body and they run it through the ribosome and the, this, this spike protein uh, is the result. And it can actually get bound into your DNA. That's one of the things that we'll talk about. Um, one of the things that Dr. Tenpenny talks about is that 
um, once you've manufactured this spike protein in your body is it goes out into the bloodstream and your body sees that it's a foreign protein and then it attacks it. And we may call this autoimmune disease. And a lot of people mistakenly think that the body gets confused and attacks itself. That's not usually what is going on here. If ever it's when we are injecting some foreign substance, it's not supposed to be there because we're out there playing God. And, and the thing that I really want to impress on you more than any other thing in discussing these 10 mechanisms of injury for the COVID vaccines is that most of them uh, don't happen immediately. I mean, besides like anaphylaxic shock uh, and multi-organ failure that has happened for, I don't know, probably a couple thousand people that have been reported uh, nationwide in the U.S. And then, and then just like a direct effect of the antibody response. The other eight mechanisms of action take time because it takes probably at least 30 days or around 30 days to develop the anti-spike antibody. Okay. And the idea is what they're selling you on is that this anti-spike protein or antibody is supposed to neutralize a coronavirus spike protein, but that's not necessarily what happens. We know that NIH and Moderna are fighting over the patent to COVID and that should be disturbing all by itself because you couldn't patent COVID if it was a natural substance that just happened in nature. It's only if it's a man-made synthetic uh, molecular structure that you can even patent it in the first place. Okay, so what happens with the Pfizer and the Moderna injection is that this mRNA is translated into this spike protein and our bodies then make an antibody against it. Okay. And it can cause us great harm. That's what we're talking about here. Um, when Dr. Tenpenny releases her paper, I will have it in the show notes, but I may release this episode before her paper actually publishes, but she talks about a study in Israel, which her, her paper will link to. And in Israel, they were pushing the vaccine really hard. Israel is the most vaccinated country in the world, but they were pushing the vaccine hard from December to February. So there was a five-week period and they tracked all the deaths in Israel and in the whole country. I mean, Israel is a small country, right? There were 5,300 all-cause deaths in, in that period of time. And 23 of them, okay, 2,300 of 5,300 were related to COVID or the shot. Now that's really confusing, right? And, and that should point to you how I, I believe that COVID is the cover for vaccine deaths and vaccine adverse events. But what they learned in this study of vaccinating people for five weeks is the, the shots themselves killed 40 times more people than the infection would have done so for people over the age of 65. And then for younger people, the shot killed 260 times more people than would have died in the younger categories. And so there were 3,000 total adverse events reported during that time. And almost all of them were reported to the Pfizer vaccine. And I don't know what that means. I don't know how many of them were Pfizer versus other shots. It sounds like probably the whole study was done on, on, uh, the Pfizer shot. So in, in five weeks, 2,300 people out of 5,300 who died in Israel, which was, which, which is a higher 
number of deaths than normal um, died related to the shot or to COVID. And see, I, I think that they're intentionally obscuring uh, the shot and a lot of deaths that you'll see attributed to COVID might be as a result of these different mechanisms in the body that don't immediately happen. It's not like you get the shot and, you know, if you're fine the next day, then, then you're fine. It's, that's not necessarily the case. Now we have these other two companies emerging that um, released their product later than Moderna and Pfizer did. You've got AstraZeneca and Johnson and Johnson. Now I've mentioned before that both of those companies are serial felons. In other words, they have been convicted of felonies or pled to felonies um, over and over and over again with other classes of drugs. But of course, as we know, vaccines, if you can call it a vaccine, if you can justify calling it a vaccine, nobody can sue you as long as in the insert you put what the, the diseases are that that shot is known to cause or be linked to. And so, of course, there's nothing on that insert right now because they're using these injections under emergency authorization. So, and, and Pfizer has registered with the FDA that their trial goes through 2023. So you are in the Pfizer trial if you are getting the injection. But the way that these two companies products, AstraZeneca and J and Johnson and Johnson, the way their product work works is that they, they took a common adenovirus or common coronavirus and they took the core of it out and they replaced it with a spike protein. Okay. So. That creates this anti-spike antibody. And so the Johnson and Johnson shot or the AstraZeneca shot, it delivers the payload is how Dr. Tenpenny puts it. It delivers the payload of the spike protein without using modified RNA. Now, last I saw, we're about, we're at about 2000 deaths that have been reported related to these vaccines. And as you know, uh, as you probably know, uh, Health and Human Services did a very comprehensive study in 2010, and they discovered that less than 1% of adverse events and deaths are ever reported to VAERS, VAERS being Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System. So the ones that have been reported are about 2,000, last I heard. So let's just say there's a lot more people reporting deaths and adverse events because of just the heightened awareness around COVID or whatever. Let's say there's 10 times more reporting going on than normal. If that's the case, then there's really more like 20,000 deaths in the United States from the shots themselves. Now, if we go with it being 1%, which actually is higher than Health and Human Services found people um, that, you know, like a lot of doctors have never reported an adverse event to VAERS. Uh, a lot of doctors don't even know about VAERS. So if if it's really only 1%, you multiply 2,000 deaths times 100, we're looking at 200,000 deaths from the shot alone. Now, of course, a lot of these people are elderly and have very little immune system. So these 10 mechanisms of injury are going to be you know, a lot more deadly for them. They're at much higher risk, just like they're at higher risk of any kind of viral or bacterial infection. So, uh, you know, I think it's really important to be aware that it takes 30 days to even develop the anti-spike protein. Um, she really talked about another study where they cultured tissues in the human body from different, uh, different organs and different tissues of the body, 55 of them. Uh, put them in a little, a little cup and then 
um, put the anti-spike antibody in with these 55 different tissue samples from the human body. And the end result was that there was a severe cross-reaction uh, with human tissues, which basically is autoimmune disease. There was a severe cross-reaction in 28 of the 55 tissues from the human body in this study. Okay, another thing that you should know from this is that the more times you're exposed to coronaviruses throughout your life over the years, the more likely you are to have a really bad reaction to a COVID vaccine. If you've had a flu vaccine, you're far, far, far more likely to react really badly to um, to the COVID vaccine. And so that that study that we're talking about that where they took 55 different types of human tissues and uh, put the spike protein in with them. Basically, the study author told Dr. Tenpenny, we are going to see horrific autoimmune disease in the next 10 years. And that what this really is, is a very well-designed killing machine. Okay, so... Uh, one of the things that they found is that this spike protein reacted the strongest to neurological tissues. And that's really disturbing because that's your brain, that's your spinal column. And so a protein uh, can mutate and become disease if this spike protein has a, a terrible reaction with those those specific tissues. And they have protein A and protein B that they discovered. Um, these. Uh, these vaccines can cause mutation in protein A, which will cause ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease. Now, that is my actual like worst case scenario. ALS is a terrible, terrible way to die. I'm not going to go on and on about it because I find it just more disturbing than any cancer. But so we may be causing ALS with these vaccines. Uh, protein B degenerates the frontal lobe of the, of the brain and causes a syndrome called FTLD. Okay. And so again, one of the mechanisms of action is that these spike proteins actually degenerate neurological proteins. So Dr. Tenpenny talks about original antigenic sin or OAS. And that is just related to how you have your first coronavirus exposure in your life, right? And about 20% of things that you might get that you might call the flu because you don't know what else to call it, about 20% of the time when you get sick, it's a coronavirus. And there's four really common coronavirus infections. And they've been trying to develop a vaccine to coronaviruses for almost 20 years now. And it really backfired. They've never been successful. So that's one of the concerns I have with their, you know, foisting this on the unsuspecting public because the unsuspecting public has no idea, many of them, if not most, that what happened when they tried to develop a SARS um, and, and there were a couple other ones that they tried to develop a vaccine to is antibody dependent enhancement. And this in this antibody dependent enhancement, there was a cytokine storm, these substances that are released, they're highly inflammatory. And this is how a lot of people end up dying um, or probably are dying of the 2,000 that have been reported that maybe 20,000, that maybe 200,000, how would we know? And by the way, if it's 200,000, then now we're rivaling the deaths of COVID so far, if you even believe all the COVID uh, death reporting. 
So what happened with this antibody dependent enhancement in the animal trials is that the animals may have done okay with the vaccine itself, but then when they were exposed to the actual coronavirus later, the actual wild virus, all of the animals died. And this happened over and over again with cats, with ferrets. I believe rats were one of the animal uh, studies that they did. So let me just run through what these 10 things are. I'm going to go through them quickly. These are the 10 mechanisms of injury. Number one, and this is the most common that we're seeing deaths from right now, is anaphylaxis, which is a severe allergic reaction. It's a shock to the body and it can cause multiple organ failures. And so that's the thing that might happen within a day or two. There's one other thing that might happen within a matter of days, and that is a direct adverse effect of these anti-spike antibodies. That might happen quickly, but it might take 30 days. Okay, because like we talked about, it may take a while for the body to actually produce this antibody response. So they've discovered that the higher the antibody level is after you get the shot, the more aggressive and the more severe the adverse events are. So, so the number two mechanism of action, again, these direct adverse, adverse effects, um, Dr. Tenpenny says that that antibody can attach to the alveoli in your lungs and it can, it can really break them down irreversibly and you might end up coughing up blood and it'll get misdiagnosed in the hospital. And the evil genius of this whole thing is that how your, your death gets reported isn't necessarily related to the shot. Could be weeks later, could be months later. And Dr. Tenpenny believes that, that this is the, is what happened with some of these doctors who have gotten the um, COVID vaccine and have died is the adverse effect, uh, the direct adverse effect on the lungs. And it can happen to other parts of the body as well. Okay, so mechanism number three, when you get re-exposed to any coronavirus, it accelerates immune pathology and that's your autoimmune disease. Okay, so I think if I were asking a cross-section of people who are pretty educated about holistic health, they would probably come up with anaphylaxis, shock, and then they would probably come up with, oh, you know, if I get re-exposed to a coronavirus later, it can um, accelerate autoimmune disease. But a fourth one is that these antibodies can cross-react with the existing antibodies that you already have a little bit of at any given time in your body. So that's a fourth mechanism of action. Uh, number five, you could have this antibody-dependent enhancement that we talked about. Right. So instead of neutralizing the virus, what happens is that instead it pulls it inside your cell and it causes it to replicate so that you end up with a worse, far more serious infection than if you just experienced it on it on its own. So and I don't think I don't think one in 10 doctors could even articulate that to you. Certainly not what they're taught in medical school. They are not taught that sometimes the vaccine itself can cause the exact opposite response of what they're going for. They'll just tell you vaccines are safe and effective. That's all they're really taught in medical school. Vaccines are safe and effective and get make sure your patients all get them. And then there are financial incentives to do it and punishments where you literally lose some of your income if a certain percentage of your practice, especially if you're a pediatrician, isn't vaccinated. Okay, sixth mechanism of action is related to macrophages. And macrophages are a type of white blood cell Okay, so Dr. Tenpenny gives the example, if you cut your leg, then there's there's two different types of macrophages, right? Macrophages are a type of white blood cell. 
And there are two subtypes that we'll talk about. We'll call them type one and type two. So type one comes in after you cut your leg and it is a pro-inflammatory macrophage. Okay. So it shows up first. It shows up fast. And what it's doing, and you have a big red angry sore where you cut your leg, right? Is this type of macrophage is burning out that infection. Okay. It just lights it on fire and it's, it's uh, sending out all these cytokines. You might have a fever as a result, but it's what happens the first few days after you get a cut in your leg. And then what's supposed to happen is that type two macrophages come in. Okay. And these move very slowly. If you've ever looked at live blood analysis, um, you can, you, you know, you'll see how very slowly white blood cells move. These type two are anti-inflammatory. Okay. So they come in when the fire is going out. Okay. Now you don't have this big red, angry sore anymore. It's starting to heal. Maybe there's a scab, maybe there's some pus and the type two macrophages come in and they kind of clean up the mess afterwards. So they clean up pus and they clean up debris and they heal the, uh, the scab, that kind of thing. So, uh, spike proteins have an ability, which is scary. And this is what number six is here. Now that I've laid that out, spike proteins have an ability to bind to these type two macrophages. And so what can happen here, which is sort of terrifying is that, uh, the type two macrophages get bound up by the mRNA or the, the, and, and so they don't protect you. And so there's a study that Dr. Tenpenny refers to that they did autopsies on animals who had been vaccinated and they found no type two macrophages in them after they died. Whereas, um, in normal animals who had an infection, both types of macrophages were identified in the autopsy if they had not been vaccinated. Okay. And, and I believe that this is like cats, ferrets and rats, um, in these studies. So one of the most important is this number six is that you actually may have that infection burning out of control and you don't have the anti-inflammatory macrophages come in to put out the fire. Number seven, antibodies can cross-react, like we said before, with 28 of 55 types of tissues in your body. And so one person might get the shot and have a heart attack later, weeks later, or a month or two later. Another person might just have extreme fatigue and they say, I literally can't even lift my, my, uh, hands to brush my hair or whatever. And, and Dr. Tenpenny thinks this is some of these doctors who've died after the shot is that, uh, this antibody cross reacting with some, some of the types of tissues in their body. Um, and this makes it the sort of the evil genius that I'm talking about is that they can administer this vaccine to millions of people. And then a lot of people die, but, but they can never really tie it to the vaccine because it wasn't a direct effect. These are more indirect, um, mechanisms of injury that are caused by a cascade of events here. So some of these doctors who've died after getting the shot, they had multi-system autoimmune disease that happened in pretty short order that, that killed them. And we don't know how many of these doctors aren't in the media, right? Like the media tries to shut this down, but okay, let's do number t- number eight is that the spike protein can mutate. Like we talked about before I touched on this one, that the spike protein can mutate neurological tissues 
This has already been discovered in research. And, and if you mutate protein A, you get ALS. And if you mutate protein B, you get frontal temporal lobe degeneration or that FTLD. So this would be really, really bad for your, your brain, your spinal column, your neurological system, your ability to think, your ability to connect to source. Um, number nine, and I just saw a study come out of Sloan Kettering that the mainstream media seems to want to squash is, um, that there's a risk that the anti-spike protein antibodies, uh, and the mRNA itself that's encoded in those spike proteins can lead to cancer. Okay. They're especially looking into this with the Johnson and Johnson shot. And then number 10 mechanism of action is that the mRNA can be transcribed into any kind of protein that they want. So they're basically writing the script and you can take a look at the Moderna patent, page 31, and see for yourself that they have stated that they are, they can do a lot of different things and intend to do a lot of different things with mRNA. And so it's all well and good if you trust that all these drug companies only have your best interests at heart. But they can use an mRNA recipe for an adjuvant, like, for, for instance, uh, Dr. Tenpenny uses flagellin as an example. And a flagellin is like, you've heard the word flagella, right? It's a protein off the, the tail of a bacteria. And, and then she talks about the toll-like receptors. This is a new discovery in science. They only discovered this 10 years ago. But there's 10 toll-like receptors, T-O-L-L. And, um, and they are everywhere in our organs that separate us from an external environment. So think your mouth, your nose, your anus, your vagina, places like that, that they have these toll-like receptors and they've only even identified, um, and nailed down like nine of the 10 of them. But these toll-like receptors can tell what's supposed to be in the environment and what isn't. And they do it by pattern recognition and they can discern between what is friendly to the environment and what is an enemy of the environment. The guy who discovered this uh, earned a Nobel prize, but this, let's say this flagellin, it guess what? It can bind to toll-like receptor number five. And so it basically takes out uh, one of your 10 types of armies. And so this produces interleukin-5, and we don't actually come into contact with flagellin often, but let's say that what if mRNA makes a massive invasion of flagellin, and then there's nothing to turn it off. So you just have a raging, out-of-control infection, and Moderna wants to put stuff like this in future shots. There's 160 different coronavirus vaccines in development right now. What do we need 160 coronavirus vaccines for? They also have 560 drugs that are in development under the emergency use authorization. I mean, this is, this is big, big money to be able to sell people drugs, to be able to sell people vaccines. I mean, they're not even pretending that these vaccines actually prevent infection. They're pretty clear that it doesn't prevent infection, but that message is not getting out to the American people because they want to believe in their magical thinking and not just Americans, but people all over the world. And all these people think they're going to get the injection and then they're going to be able to go out and spend time with their family and they're protected. Well, that's not even true. If the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines do anything for you, it would be uh, decreasing the severity of symptoms. That is literally the only thing that they're claiming. 
So, okay. So just remember that what we're talking about here, and I hope that I've laid out for you through the work of Dr. Sherry Tenpenny is that most of these mechanisms don't happen in a day. They don't happen in an hour or two. And, you know, injury and death can happen weeks or months later. It's basically the biggest medical experiment in history. Um, and it's bigger than these guys, Schwab and Gates and Bloomberg and all of their, whoever their handlers are. Um, these are bigger, this is a bigger medical experiment that we've all been enrolled in or they're trying to get us to enroll in. Bigger than Agent Orange, bigger than World War II, World War I chemical warfare, bigger than the Nazi concentration camps and they want you in the experiment. So I want to challenge you to share this content with someone you know, who's thinking of getting the shot because we have to push out the boundaries of the fact that it's like, there's this little club of us that, you know, my guess is there's two or 3 million of us of 330 million Americans and, and our children who have information like this to be truly skeptical and to be armed with actual knowledge about what specifically is dangerous about these uh, emergency use authorization medical products are and how experimental they are and what the dangers of them are. There's only, I think, two or three million of us who are fairly aware and we need to get the word out to more people who are considering getting the shot. And you may not realize that, you know, you've been, you've had people beat you up and call you a conspiracy theorist, but you may not realize that most people are just in the middle and they just want to do what's best for their health. So make sure that you share this kind of information with them. Um, just in closing right now, in April, we have our CBD deal going. You can get 15% off um, of our organic CBD oil, which is wonderful for anti-inflammatory. I mean, here we're talking about these experimental dangerous medical products, but CBD is so uh, well-studied and without side effects and without risks. And we made our own. We started making our own last year. Our CBD is called Ultimate Serum. And in addition to having um, certified organic uh, CBD oil, just the very, very highest quality. We also have like 13 uh, superfoods in it, like rose hips and ginger and turmeric and chlorella and lemon oil. So it's all 15% off this month, uh, April only. And right now, if you buy three, you get our most popular product, which is Ultimate Minerals. Okay. It's got 90 plus minerals and trace minerals that your body needs. Every single person I've ever seen tested is deficient in minerals and you need minerals for every single transaction that happens in your body. So right now, buy three, get an ultimate minerals, which is a $49 value for free and 15% off. Or if you buy two bottles of 5X strength, then you get a free ultimate minerals and you get a free Prezyme Pro, which is our uh, probiotic product. And I formulated this product because I wanted digestive enzymes to help you digest fats, carbohydrates, uh, and proteins all in one with a prebiotic and probiotic. And our probiotic is, uh, we make it in small batches. We're about to get it back in stock. We're often out of stock because we make it in small batches so that it's actually a living probiotic. There's 15 different strains. You have 9,000, uh, living probiotic organisms in one dose. So you can get this deal going on right now at ultimateserum.com slash bundles. So go to ultimateserum.com slash bundles to get 15% off and those freebies for either one of those two deals. And I will see you next time. 